Hello and welcome to School Growth Mastery, produced by Enroll Hand. We help schools, preschools, colleges and universities find their voice, connect with their ideal parents and grow their enrollment. We will bring on a diverse list of guests from school heads, admissions officers, marketing experts, parents and more, each with a unique insight into how you should grow your school in this changing landscape. Thank you for listening. In this episode of School Growth Mastery, we bring you a very interesting discussion between Al, our Enrollment Growth Manager at EnrollHand, and Steve Decani. Steve has been a school administrator and chief marketing officer at one of the largest charter school operations in California for close to 15 years. He has close to 30 years in marketing experience overall. Steve and Al deep dive into the basics of site-level marketing, presentation, and school events. More specifically, you're going to learn about Steve's 360-degree site-level marketing strategy. You're going to learn about why consistency between the marketing message and the site-level presentation is so important. Steve also talks about the out-of-mind, out-of-sight philosophy and why he does 50 weeks of open houses and enrollment meetings per year. And he also talks about the home-run strategy and much, much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode Here's Steve and Al. Hello, everyone. My name is Al. I'm the Enrollment Growth Manager here at Enroll Hand. And today we have with us Steve Decani, who is a partner of Enroll Hand. And he's been working with schools and helping schools for several years. So we have today, um, we're going to have an interesting discussion about the, the, the marketing strategies and the enrollment strategies that schools can use for attracting the right parents. So thank you for your time and thank you for being here with us um uh steve and so can you briefly introduce yourself yes uh first of all i just want to say thank you al i'm really excited to be a partner with enroll hand uh my name is steve decaney um i've spent about the past 15 years in education uh, both as an administrator and also uh about 10 of those 15 years in the enrollment world of, of schools and really that is my passion that's what i enjoy doing uh and Prior to those 15 years, I actually spent quite a bit of time in doing some international marketing for some uh, some companies overseas, as well as some local marketing here for, for large companies in the United States. But my real passion really came in when I understood, and my children went to uh, charter school, and I, I you know, I, I saw the process. And my goal when I was doing all my enrollment work was making sure that we get the right students in the right schools so that, uh, that they get the best outcome they can from their selection and where they go. So that's my background. Uh, I, like I said, my passion is enrollment. And uh, my approach today really was to sort of discuss, um, you know, a 360 degree view of, of, of marketing for the schools. So uh, that's my sort of uh, expertise. And uh, yeah. Okay, great, great. Thank you for this. So I have here, um, um, I did a bit of research on your background and I, I, I just wrote down a couple of questions, maybe a bit more than a couple. Um, so I'll, I'd like to ask you those questions and then you can give us, you know, some feedback and, and maybe some experience, uh, some examples from your experience. So starting with the basics. So what strategies do you have in place um, at the site level to convince the parents that this is a meaningful and viable option for their son or daughter? 
Yeah, I, I think there the most important thing is that schools take a lot of time and effort and spend a lot of money into their marketing efforts. And I think the first thing you need to look at uh, as a school is, is your marketing message, your outwardly marketing message, is that what parents see and hear at the site level? And that's what I'm going to focus on today really is the site level presentation. So all the great messaging that Enrollhand does and all the marketing that is done by the schools and all the all the things that are said about the school in whatever forum they are, when the parents or the students and both uh, get to the school, is it consistent with those initial um, messages that they receive from the outwardly marketing that was going on? And I think you have to look at sort of all the messaging and all the things that were said to make sure that it's consistent when the parents arrive with their students that uh, what is being said and portrayed is consistent with that initial uh, response that they received when they were viewing and ingesting all the marketing material. So that would be the first thing that I would look at is making sure there's consistency between uh, the marketing message and the site level presentation. Of course, this is really critical. And we see it from several of our schools where it's not, it doesn't feel natural. Other things are shown on, on, the, on the ads and the marketing. And then when you go to the school, you have a completely different experience. So that one of the questions that is really important for schools is how often do they, like, should they have enrollment or interest meetings or open houses? And do they have the right people hosting those events and giving the best possible pre presentation about, you know, of the school and convincing prospective parents on the mission of the school? So how, you know, what, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of points there. I think uh, this is a critical one, one that I, I really believe strongly in is how often Are you giving the opportunity for the parents and the students to meet with your organization? There's very much truth to out of sight, out of mind. Um, you may receive and actually make contact and, uh, uh, you know, get in contact with the school once you, you've taken in the marketing and you understand that this might be an option for me. And then it could be that it, you may only be having an enrollment or an open house once every six months or once every three months. And so there's a lot of dangerous time between there and there to where the students and parents actually make a decision. This is something I'm interested in between when the actual meeting is with, with the parents and students. So my philosophy is out of sight, out of mind. So in my opinion, the more often you have those opportunities for the students and parents to meet with you and to uh, sort of, you know, get it while it's hot. Uh, type of thinking, I think that's critical. Uh, I've, I've heard of schools that have only done uh, open houses once a year. Uh, and so you've done marketing all year long and you have this this turnout and it's in early spring perhaps or maybe in the late uh, late fall. Or uh, But then there really isn't any additional contact that occurs uh, after that message. So the more often you can have those open houses and enrollment meetings is what I held is I had weekly meetings at my school year-round, 50 weeks out of year. So that gave me the opportunity to touch with as many people as possible, as often as possible in that initial meeting while the interest is high and while, you know, for example, your marketing campaign is at full swing. That's when you can actually measure how things are working with your marketing strategies as well. So out of sight, out of mind, keep that in mind. I think that's an important piece. Now, the other piece is a little bit more 
subjective is your marketing material is saying and telling a story. So what is happening when the people arrive at your presentation? Is the person giving the presentation or is that enrollment meeting or open house? Is it as dynamic as the marketing material is presenting your school to be or your organization to be? Because there could be a disconnect between the messaging that is going out there, which is what is critically important because that's what's going to hook them and, and, and connect with those people. And when they get there, is your presentation flat? Is it not as exciting? Does it not inspire them? I think those are critical points that schools sometimes, they, they say, yeah, we've got our open house and they, you know, uh, operators will put it in the hands of five or six people. And yeah, they, they go through the steps of what they need to do for that open house or that meeting. But is it is it passionate? Is it exciting? Is it inspiring? And will, uh, and most importantly, will it convince parents that this is the right place for me to be? So the presenter, are equally important in what they're saying and how they're saying it to parents so that there's definitely a connection between the stories that are being told through marketing and what they see in person. Because what that does is that it gives credibility to the marketing. When people arrive and the message and the presenter are inspiring and they're inspired, uh, then I think you've got a home run situation. Uh, so you have to really look at the presenter and making sure that uh, that your presentation is just as intriguing and inspiring as the marketing uh, messages are out there. Okay, this is actually really important. And um, we've seen that in our schools, they, you know, small schools, sometimes they have the challenge of not having that many people that could actually have this, you know, do these presentations. So it's just about like making sure that whoever does it is able to do the best they can, I guess. Um, so now, what would you suggest are the like the best strategies for capturing every possible angle when explaining the benefits of a school's program to prospective parents? And how do you captivate your audience during these events? Yeah, I think that number one is is making sure that when they get to your wherever you're hosting your event, that there are certain cues in place that make sure that they reinforce your marketing messages. Is when you're looking at, for example, the story of your organization, um, is there something that tells a story about your organization when you get to that? Is there a, a story that is actually in uh, your presentation about the school. Because, see, people love stories. People connect with stories. And the cues that are happening when people arrive there, um, there is a certain level of convincing that you have to do, but the visual cues are just as important as the presentation cues. So I think that, if, you know, getting in the right direction with this piece, it's, again, 360 degrees. What are they seeing? What are they hearing? What are they experiencing, uh, what, what do they feel? Are they comfortable? Do they feel welcome? Do they feel that they are in a place that is consistent with the marketing messages that they uh, have been receiving? Are there dynamic things around them that, that reinforce what their point of difference is as a school, uh, whether it's a science school, whether it's a faith-based school, whether it's an art school, whatever it is, type of school they're doing, are there cues all around them to engulf them in that particular presentation? And building, again, confidence in the school that it has credibility based on what they're seeing, hearing, and what they have seen and heard in, in their marketing messages. This is really interesting. So now, during those events, obviously, everyone has a different way of doing those presentations. Everyone has a different personality, a different tone. But what would be some strategies for making those presentations dynamic, inspiring, and compelling so that someone who is actually watching this video right now can, you know, can use those tomorrow in the meeting they have tomorrow with parents? 
Right. I think that sometimes this is difficult. I believe that everybody is very good intentioned at the site level. Uh, They pick the best possible person to do presentations, but it ties to the previous discussion or previous point that we were talking about. Is the person boring? Is the person giving the presentation dynamic? Are they exciting? Are they missing the mark? Are they completely on the mark? Do they inspire, again, inspiring by connecting with? And I think some of the big things that uh, are a piece of this is making sure that whoever is doing the presentation or the open house or whatever event you're hosting, that you're reading the parents, you're talking to them prior to the event to find out what exactly it is that their mind is on so that you can hit those points with those parents in your presentation, which means, number one, that the person giving the presentation has to be very knowledgeable about the school itself and the and the program and what it offers. And if they're not knowledgeable about those things, then you're at a disadvantage there because he will ask pointed and specific questions. And so somebody that understands the school completely and is inspiring and dynamic is sometimes hard to find. So in a situation like that, and I've done this in the past where, um, you know, I have people that I've actually looked for out in the, in the marketplace and that, that I know are great presenters and ask them to come in and do presentations. And for a small fee, they're very happy to do that. And maybe they're the ones, and then you're in the background answering the hard questions. These are different tools and different angles that you can take to make sure that you're locking in that opportunity to really uh, really make that meeting time count to the point where we're converting the visit to a student sitting in a seat. And that is what we're all about here. And so, uh, but, you know, it, you have to take a very close look at the person who's doing those presentations and, and, and the material in the presentation. And I think a lot of what we're talking about here is all-inclusive in that site level presentation. So sometimes it, it's hard because you have to look at the people you've chosen and say, is there a, is there a better option? Um, is there somebody that can do be more convincing in terms of our story? Uh, or maybe you're on the spot. And for many of you, this might be something, oh, we've already got this locked in. Um, and that's great news. I'm excited to hear that because that I think is critical. Now, regarding the space, uh, there's a lot of discussion um, about how you should create uh, the space and how people feel in the specific space where they are learning more about you and engaging with your school, for example. So I remember I was having a call with uh, a school administrator last week, and they told me that we're organizing for the first time a smaller event, which is not an open house. And they do, and I asked them, what have you prepared for that? Like, how, how are you going to set up the room? And they said, well, you know, it's just a classroom and we bought uh, just a few donuts. I, I laughed because it seemed like they, they could do you know, better than this. So um, how do you create a warm place that's friendly and inviting? And, you know, what does that place say about your school, your brand and your program? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great point. Um, I think number one, making sure you're meeting expectations. If you are putting out this message of, of your school, whatever that message may be, and what your specialty might be, number one, make sure that there's material in the classroom that reinforces that. Like I said earlier, but being warm and welcoming, number one, you want to make sure that. Let's start with the basics, and some people may laugh. I've gone into classrooms, uh, and sometimes these presentations are after hours or they're on a weekend where the classroom hasn't even really been picked up from the previous Friday. So I, I know that sounds silly, but sometimes those things happen, and those those cues 
cleanliness, number one, making sure that there's lots of, uh, again, cues on the wall about the mission of the school, uh, things that, and I, this is what's really interesting, I found that when parents get into a classroom, unless it's really set up properly, when parents get into a classroom, there's a certain sense of nostalgia that they have about, wow, I'm back in the classroom and I haven't done this in 30 years or 20 years or whatever the time is. So what you want to do is you want to set up the classroom to be, you know, interesting. You want it to be warm. You want it to be inviting. You want it to be clean. You want it to be well organized, the desks, the tables, the chairs, everything put into all the proper places as best as it could possibly be to represent who you are. And I think that sometimes, uh, you in haste, you know, uh, I know I've been caught where hey, we've got an enrollment meeting and, and it's going to be happening here in about 15 minutes. Uh, I'll send the whole team over and we're going to set up that room because uh, we know that it had just been used previously for something else. Making sure that if you're using PowerPoint presentations, making sure that if you're using any audio, video, that all those things are tested and set up in the beginning so that there are no flaws or hiccups along the way that sometimes, you know, can be embarrassing and can throw your pace off. If you're a presenter or if you're in school, you want to at least be able to know that you're able to put together a presentation. Now, whether that's a verbal one only or whether it's with PowerPoint, multimedia, whatever that looks like, it needs to be done flawlessly to get the most impact. Now, accidents happen. I understand that. Things you can control are the cleanliness, the organization, the warmth of the room. Does it look like a classroom? And I always have this adage that if it looks like a classroom and if it smells like a classroom, you know, and if it's organized like a classroom, um, then parents get a sense of I'm in a classroom and it adds legitimacy to what, you know, what is being offered. And I want to add a point in here, too, to some schools that don't necessarily always have a full-blown class uh, or uh, campus. Now, some schools are in strip malls. Some schools are in, you know, off buildings. Some schools are in different areas. The more you can make your location look like a school, the better it's going to be. And the way I, the, what I mean by that is just because you walk into a strip mall location type of school, and there's plenty of those types of schools, just because you walk through those doors doesn't mean that what used to be a retail space has to continue to look like a retail space. Make it look like the front office of a school. I know this sounds very basic, but the cues that parents want to see when they walk into a school, uh, make that magic happen when the doors open, the parents walk in, a front desk, a welcoming person, and we'll talk more about that. And But the more it looks and uh, represents what the parents are used to seeing in their own experience growing up, and I think the better you're going to be. But cleanliness, warmth, uh, organization, uh, presentation materials being sharp, and the, the machines working the way they're supposed to is a great way to start. That's really interesting. And I'm sure that many school administrators are going to benefit from this because it's the obvious small things that no one pays attention to. And these are the things that create problems. So now regarding the overall enrollment process, so how many steps should a school have in the, in the, the overall enrollment process? Yeah, so there's two schools of thought to this. I mean, I've known schools that you walk into and you put it down a piece of paper with your name, address, phone number, and the schools will say, okay, we'll see you in June or whenever your, your semester or whatever starts, right? Um, where you have that one opportunity for interaction after the marketing material has worked and perhaps maybe you've given a presentation. Um, here's two schools of thought. One is if you have the capacity to have as many points of touching the parents with respect to along the process, 
where they initially come to you with uh, your, your meeting, then they have to bring the enrollment paperwork back, and then maybe they have to come back for one more orientation. Or I think the more you have, the better if the people who are doing those steps understand that what we're trying to build here is an enrollment culture. And sometimes that's difficult because in many schools you have, let's say, for example, a secretary um, that takes in the paperwork. And then uh, that secretary is also doing 15 or 20 other things. Yeah. Now, you've done this great presentation. You've, you've convinced them to come to your school. And then they come in in this crazy, hectic, because I know, uh, crazy, hectic front office. And you have a person who's on the phone and they're being told to wait. And, and they're not being made the priority that you spent so much time building. I think it's important to talk to as many people on campus as possible about this, quote, enrollment culture. And by doing so, that anybody that comes in contact with it, I'll give you a good example, a parent who's lost on campus looking for the front office, for example, to turn in their paperwork, uh, might be somebody who asks a, uh, a fellow teacher or perhaps a custodian uh, or a kitchen worker, for example, if you have those luxuries, right? And if they don't have a clue what you're talking about, what it does is you start breaking down that confidence that they had about, about your school. And I, I'm a firm believer that every step of the enrollment process, whether you have three steps, five steps, in our case, we had five steps uh, for enrollment for our school. Every single step, I met with each organization around that step to make sure that they knew what my goal was and that these new students are our livelihood. They are the ones that are going to sustain us and build us for the future and that we need to treat them with utmost respect and put them priority first. So whether or not you have one or 10 steps, it doesn't matter. As long as each step along the way, when they interact with your staff members in any way possible, make sure that they understand the importance of what that interaction means. So um, I understand some schools have lots of opportunities for, you know, having the additional help that they need. I know that some schools really don't have those luxuries. So if it's you yourself doing that enrollment step, then I'm sure you already understand the importance of the smile and of the understanding and of the, if I can't answer your question, I'll find somebody who can for you. I think those things, just basic customer service things, uh, are critical with every step along the way of your enrollment process. Yeah, of course. And it's uh, it's one of the things that we see with many schools, customer service and, and this culture is not obvious because, you know, many people have, um, it wasn't the requirement, let's say, for the last few years and it, it becomes more important now in the recent years. So uh, it's it's a new, completely new thing for many schools. So now... In terms of the communication, because you talked about communication, so how do you ensure that every point of contact in your enrollment process is a home run with respect to friendliness and sincerity? Right. I think it's, it's communicating. And I don't care if you're at the university level or if you're at the uh, preschool level. Um, understanding, uh, like I said previously, uh, making them understand what the steps of enrollment are and what that they have just gone through, that they just came off of an enrollment meeting. And these are the things that they know, and you need to understand what these things are. It's sitting down and literally having, if you need to, a quarterly meeting with the people that you know might actually come in contact with that. The other thing with the individuals that are uh, you know, prospects um, or turning in their enrollment paperwork or going through the steps but the other thing I think is important is communicating the enrollment culture with the entire staff. 
That includes teachers. That includes uh, anybody that comes in contact with not just the parents, but the students as well, is that making them understand that enrollment, again, is the, is the lifeblood of what keeps the schools moving and growing and stable going forward. And to make them understand that two things are happening. One, you're working in the background to make sure that you're putting on the best possible program and face to these parents and, and these students as possible. They appreciate that there's work going on behind the scenes to make sure that their organization is working diligently to create growth and stability for their schools. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, the enrollment process becomes this sort of, in a nutshell type of thing where there's one or two people that, well, they do enrollment and that's all. And, and so go talk to them. Um, but there's no clear understanding within the entire organization what attempts are being made, how much resources are being put in place, how much time is being spent just to gain one student. And in our case, uh, we were charged each year with, at each school site, 400 students that we had to come in contact with. So um, that level um, is scalable. But either way, the fact that your campus is aware that you're working hard to uh, build, I think, uh, shows that gives them buy-in to what you're doing on the outside that they may not see every day and also makes them understand how important it is uh, that, that they are aware of the, the work that's being done to keep their livelihoods and their daily workplace viable, exciting, growing, and stable. Yes, that's that's actually really important. And one other thing that... I mean, you know, we get a lot of inspiration from startups and technology companies, and they many of them have adopted this principle that if you're not involved in customer, quote unquote, customer facing work, you do not understand the amount of work that is required for keeping people there, keeping them you know, engaged so that they don't leave and they don't choose someone else. So uh, in many of those uh, technology companies, they rotate, basically. They take people from completely different positions. So in, in our case, in schools, that would be teachers, uh, people that work in the kitchen, as you mentioned, and asking them to, to give a mini presentation to parents and realize how difficult it is, how, how complex it is to actually keep the parents' attention and keep them motivated and all of that. So I'm, I'm actually really glad that you mentioned that. So now the last question I have for today's um, interview is basically... Throughout the enrollment process, how do you reaffirm your school's value proposition overall? Yeah, that's a good one because uh, that was something that it took us a couple of years to really hone in on. But so if I'm a, if I'm a if I'm a parent, I'm looking for a school alternative. Again, it could be at any level; it doesn't matter. What is making your school different from the school they might be coming from? So let's understand the psychology here. Number one, if the school, if the student is going to a, a standard public school uh, and a new charter school or a new private school or a new different type of school opens up, you know, what you need to communicate is has to be something that is profoundly different than where they're currently coming from. And sometimes that's difficult to grab onto and to navigate because you could just be a school that wants to be a better performing school with the student scores being much higher than the other school. It, those are all, of course, we all want those things. But uniquely, why would someone decide to leave your, this, this uh, public environment and come to this private or this charter school? And I apologize if I'm missing any other organizations there. I'm just coming from the world I'm coming from. So, but I think this uh, this pertains to all those organizations. But all the things we've talked about so far are just the steps in convincing parents that this is a good choice. But 
what specifically are you doing differently than the other schools? And if you're outperforming them academically, then you need to make that your front banner. If you're doing arts as a school, that needs to be your front banner. What is your point of difference? Why would I go through, and believe me, in many cases, I think there is heartache, there is turmoil, there is questioning, there is, are we doing the right thing? Is this the right decision? Do we even have time to think through all this? And so unless you make that point of difference convincing, um, it's going to be a difficult road for you um, as a school or as an organization. So, but throughout the process of enrollment, from the marketing material, from the great work that the digital media world is doing for telling your story, um, all the way through to when the student is sitting in their seat, you need to reiterate your point of difference because your point of difference is going to be the hook is going to convince parents. And remember, all these other things we talked about have to have to have happened very well, but that point of difference is what's going to catch their attention. And you reiterate that across every cue until the student is actually sitting in their seat. And then most importantly, following through with the promise that you made of your point of difference, which means that every day your the son or daughter or student or individual has to live and understand and see that point of difference working because that's where all the promises that you made need to come true. Uh, that's where all the uh, convincing that you've done is going to make them feel like they made the right decision. That's where your retention is going to happen because if you're executing your point of difference, then your retention will be there, hopefully, right? It's one component of it. Um, so it's along every step and point of your communication with, with the student or the parent or the individual that you have to just put that mantra out there. This is why we're different. This is why we're different. This is why we're different. And then um, that is the key. You can't just spring it on them uh, in one meeting or in one marketing message that, oh, by the way, we're an outstanding this type of school. Uh, it has to be something that is part of your hook and part of what your marketing message is. Yes, that's very true. We see it from our perspective, from digital marketing. You know, it's one of the main things that people are asking questions. If you get the message right, people will remember that and they will ask you questions about that and they will keep on saying it to others as well that, hey, you know, that's cool. They're very good at this. And so it has an impact on multiple levels. So... This has been really interesting, Steve. Um, I think that any school administrator that is going to have access to this video is going to actually use, you know, basically there, there's a lot of, of interesting strategies and advice here. And um, so now regarding reaching out to you, whoever is interested to speak with you and maybe have a discussion about potentially, you know, um, either, you know, having just a conversation or asking you to help them with their school. So we have put up um, a page under our website, which is the, the page that's dedicated to you. And everyone who wants can reach out. Uh, the link will be added wherever this video will be posted, the link for this page. So um, anyone can just fill the form and reach out to you. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, anyone who might be interested to have a discussion with you and potentially work together? Yeah, I, I just want to say that uh, in the opening, I, I was talking about my passion for this. I, I believe very strongly in the 360-degree version of marketing. I believe strongly in, in digital marketing. I do believe that the more ways that you can tell your story, the better. Um, what I've talked about today really 
is just very top line. I just wanted to kind of go through some of the basic thinking that, um, you know, that sometimes operators, administrators, having gone through it myself, we're too busy to think about those things. And so sometimes it's just taking a step back um, and analyzing some of these very basic things I've talked about today. If anybody is interested in, in wanting to talk to me more, I'm very much excited to talk to anyone in any situation. And if there's any way that I can help them whatsoever, I'd be very happy to do so. Um, but most importantly, I'm excited to be a part of the uh, Enroll Ham partnership. And uh, I'm here to stay. So if there's anything I can do to help anyone, please feel free to just drop an inquiry. And uh, my response back to you will be very, very quick. Great. Thank you very much, Steve. And I look forward to speaking with, um, you know, introducing to you more schools and working together. Thank you for listening to School Growth Mastery, brought to you by Enrollhand. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe to our show and share this episode with your fellow educators. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. That way, more school leaders like you will find us. If you want to learn more about school growth, visit our website at enrollhand.com and please do check out the links in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, goodbye for now.